Welcome to the Mojo Market Report. Here's your hosts, Dave Sturgio and Chris Gucci. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mojo Market Report right here on a Monday. It is me, Dave Sturgio, alongside nobody here. Uh, Chris is on. Uh, he's hitting the slopes in the Poconos. Lucky man, lucky man. Uh, but it's just me right now in the Chop Studios, of course. We got Anthony A5 behind the glass, and we're ready to rock and roll this week. A lot of action went down over the weekend. Uh, before we get into anything, I, I do want to know out there, the masses, did the judges have it right with the Jake Paul fight? I mean, I, there was a script that leaked. I don't know if you heard about that, and you saw the script. Um, I, I thought for sure, I was like, well, I wonder who their first calls will be if they go to jail. <laughs> because, like, if this was, if this came to fruition and, like, an actual script of a fight got leaked and all of a sudden they went via the script, it would have been such a horrific, horrific look uh, for the world of professional boxing and professional sports, rather, uh, how easy things are fixed. I know there's a lot of, uh, a lot of jargon about the NFL being fixed with the scripts and everything like that, so... I guess maybe that was some tongue-in-cheek, some some gamesmanship, have you, uh, to have somebody leak that. But anyway, Jake Paul loses his first fight of his, uh, I guess, recent tenure. I don't know what you can call it. Uh, but Fury put it on him, man. It was, it was a fun fight to watch. It was in Abu Dhabi on a Sunday afternoon, so it kind of didn't really conflict with anything else other than the NBA. But that was uh, fun to watch. So I'm excited he lost. Don't know what's next for him. I know Jake Paul's got a contract with uh, PFL, if I'm not mistaken. So pro football, uh, pro football, pro fight league, uh, he can't play football. Uh, P, uh, PFL, he'll be starting that very soon, but I think they're going to run it back right away. So we'll see about that. All right. Let's get into the NBA, ladies and gentlemen, because it was a loaded, loaded slate over the weekend. A lot of big performances. I'll start backwards here because of the fact that yesterday uh, it was Dame time a little bit. You know, um, he goes for 71 points. Uh, he's right now. Overnight, he's up 1.6% on the mojo market. Uh, Dame Lillard has always been one of my favorite players. He just seems to be one of those guys that don't really, no nonsense, no trash talk, just wants to play ball. And uh, he, he's just, he's always a good performer every time he's on the floor. Right now, he's the sixth highest ranked um Sixth highest ranked guard on the Mojo market. And by the end of the year, this season alone, I think he's going to move up to five. He's right behind Russ Westbrook. So I think that's going to, you know, they'll swap positions before the end of the year. I don't know how much Russ is going to do for the Clippers. But what I will say is Dame Lillard is a safe bet. If that's one of those guys you want to invest in long term, no matter where he plays his basketball, he's going to be good. Will it be in the garden eventually? I hope so. And not just visiting for the Blazers. Um, but that was Sunday. Another buzzer beater win for the Hawks, um, which, by the way, Trey Young, you're you're either MVP of Twitter or you're just just you know a laughing stock of Twitter because Trey Young uh, puts up 34 points, including a buzzer beater win for the Hawks. And somebody said, "Now just do that, you know, more, you know." And, and I can't even tell you what exactly Trey Young said because it's not clean for the show. Uh, but it actually rhymes with show. That's what he called the guy. <laughs> so you could do the math. And uh, Trey Young answers back, claps back a little bit at the fans. Now look, the Bucks have been, um, not Bucks. The, the Hawks have been relatively good. Um, they've been a thorn in the Knicks side forever. I mean, well, what feels like forever. I know it was the one bad season that the the Knicks finally got to the playoffs, and the Hawks just kind of ruined their dreams. Hawks right now sit at thirty one and thirty one game over five hundred. They're sitting right now at the eight seed. So we'll see uh, if they can kind of get it all together. 
a team that I think is going to keep it all together throughout the course of the year, even with Giannis being a little banged up. Drew Holiday is doing absolutely big things over there uh, in Milwaukee. 35 points yesterday, another big game out of him. This team's getting deeper and deeper. Um, I think that there's not just role players anymore. There's stars being developed in this t- on this team, and I think the Bucks are on their way uh, to being either the two or the one. They can battle for the one. They're they're a half game out of the Celtics. Celtics have been playing good but not great basketball within their last ten. Uh, the Celtics are eight and two, so yeah, it looks great. But guess what? The Bucs have won 10 in a row, <laughs> so you can't discredit the Bucs right now. They are on their heels, uh, and I truly expect that to happen. Uh, one thing that happened out of the Laker game yesterday, Anthony Davis, AD goes for 37. Um, I don't know if you probably didn't see this, Ant, but there, there was a video from Bleacher Report of LeBron James going up for a layup. Did you see him? He gets hacked, fouled, falls. LeBron James mouths to the camera right away, I heard a pop. I heard a pop. And he's like, yeah, I heard a pop. The guy was in the next play, <laughs> right? So it's like, how much more? This is what I get into Chris with all the time uh, of the the love-hate that people have for LeBron James because it's just like, yeah, he's all world good. Yeah, he's the best to maybe ever do it. But it's like things like this, that, like me, 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 me. Everybody look at me. I, there's not enough attention on me. Let, me. let me tell the world that I heard a pop in my ankle, foot, knee, whatever, and then get up and he's like, mm, nah, never mind. And <laughs> he's fine. It's just, again... Ruined that moment for him, but AD has himself a day yesterday um, with 37 points. The Joker goes for 42. Again, you can't say enough about that guy. Um, Saturday, rewinding back uh, a couple days, Joel Embiid, another 41-point game. This 76ers team, right, they're four four games out of the second seed. So whether or not they're, they run with the Bucks or the Celtics towards the backstretch of the year is, is still a remain to be seen. But... Joel Embiid doesn't get enough bird. I know he's one of the best in the NBA, but right now he's sitting behind the Joker and right in front of Anthony Davis as the third highest big in the league. So when I look at a guy like Joel Embiid, what he's doing with the team that's around him, the 76ers have to strike now. And I know it hasn't been that great of a year for the city of Philadelphia. (laughs) Okay. I think that they lose the world series. They lost the world series. They lost the super bowl. You know, so it hasn't been that great. So if Joel Embiid just continues to play the way he's playing, then I've, I for sure think that this is, could be a thing that the 76ers making themselves finally contenders in the East. Um, But again, not to mention, be careful what you wish for, because here come the New York Knicks. Now, I know I'm not going to get too excited. I have a lot of colleagues that get very excited about this time of year where the Knicks start to surge a little bit. The Knicks have won five straight, right? They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're playing good basketball, team basketball. I'm looking at Julius Randle right now, who on Saturday puts up a 33-point performance, and they, they run away with it on Saturday. By the way, a very feel-good moment for the Knicks over the weekend because they put in um, Derek Rose uh, for the first time, which feels like forever. I think it's been like since December he's played basketball. So they put in Derek Rose. He goes over three from the floor. I mean, their shots weren't close. <laughs> so you can tell there's a little rust uh, on Jul- on um, Derek Rose, but not enough is being talked about this Knicks team being complete. Now I know there's a lot of there's a lot of naysayers online right now on the Twitterverse that's saying like, when is when is it all going to come crashing down? Um, good question. I don't know. Um, are they good enough? to win a series right now. Right now, they're sitting at the six. They're actually tied with the Brooklyn Nets. With the five and the six, the same exact uh, winning percentage. So they're sitting there at the same thing. Um, they're three games away from the four, which is Cleveland. Now, if the Knicks play the way they've been playing, 
you could see them finishing with the five seed, right? And then they would play the Cleveland Cavs, who I think, to be honest, I think they can they can take Cleveland and maybe win a series. I'm not sure. I know it's way too early. It's still February, and we got like 20 games to go, plus a long, long playoffs. I feel like the NBA ends in like August, and then all of a sudden training camp starts again, and then you're back at it in October. But um, I think the Knicks have a shot. I think the Knicks have a legitimate shot at making some noise in the postseason. It's been a while since they won a postseason series. Um, I think it was like 2000. I don't even know. I think it was Melo's year. I think when Carmelo Anthony came to the Knicks, I think they did win that first round, but then got bounced. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Uh, but it's been a long, long time for the New York Knicks to be even in the conversation to do anything in the playoffs. Uh, because, again, when they got there a couple years back against the Hawks, outmatched in every single stretch, every single way, shape, and form they were outmatched. And Trey Young just became Reggie Miller all of a sudden. They just ruined us from our core. Uh, but just keep your eye on the Knicks. I'm just saying I'm a Knicks fan, so obviously, and I know the Mojo Market users are in New Jersey and New York, you know, going to New York eventually, but like they're right here, tri-state area. Um, I think it's exciting, and what I I also take great pleasure uh, in watching the Brooklyn Nets just kind of implode from within. I got to give credit to their coach, no matter who is on that team, he's winning basketball games. But I think eventually, what you're going to find is. You need stars in this league. Me and Chris talk about it all the time. Star-driven league. I think that that's 100% a thing. And I think over time, the Nets will start to deteriorate in the records um, and start to drop seed by seed by seed. Will they miss the playoffs? Probably not. They'll squeak in. Uh, they have enough role players. They had that star named Ben Simmons. <laughs> I'm sure he'll contribute eventually. Um, one more thing to talk about is Laurie Markkinen and what this guy's doing. Uh, on Saturday, another 27 points for him. Since the launch of the basketball players here on Mojo, the NBA, he's up 3.3%, 3.8 just this week alone on the Mojo market. This dude's a player, again, fifth year in the league. So you're just like, why are we just now realizing who this guy is? Or at least me, for instance, I, you know, I'm learning about more NBA guys than I've ever paid attention to. Because when you're a Knicks fan, much like I'm a Yankees fan, um, you know, I pay attention to my squads. I do know the league, you know, but I'm not like knee deep in the league. Like the NFL, I can tell you the backup guard of the Colts. You know what I'm saying? Like I could, the rosters are through and through. But like with the NBA, I learn things new every day. And I'm learning very quickly that Lori Markinen is a player in this league. And he is absolutely somebody that you should be investing in long term uh, with Mojo. So do that. It's a wild, wild west out there. And did you know by any stretch that everybody is alive right now except for two teams? Everybody in the NBA in the Western Conference, from one all the way down to let's see the fourth, uh, the thirteen. Everybody's still in play. The only teams eliminated are San Antonio Spurs. To me, I mean, unless they go on a miraculous run and everybody else loses, the Spurs and the Rockets are kind of toast. But like the West is in fact the wild, wild West, and I'm very excited to see how that plays out with the next last month of the season. Considering they play every other night. You know, two games a week, 15, you know, it's another two months before we're going to find out exactly how this all shakes out, but I'm excited about it. All right, let me take a breath here, and now we will go to the NFL National Football League. Guys, look, the combine out of nowhere is tomorrow, so that's a big thing for a lot of these franchises that are looking to do uh, some damage in the draft. Speaking of the draft... It's coming out now. There's a developing story from Adam Schefter who has said that the Bears are entertaining the first round and the first pick in the uh, in the draft. So, yeah, was that expected? Absolutely. Lovey Smith should have won Coach of the Year last year for getting the Bears the number one pick. He should definitely announce their pick. Um, but when I look at the Bears and I see the haul that they could potentially get for this pick, it's 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 going to be big. Because if you look at who's behind the Bears, 
The Houston Texans are 100% in the quarterback market. The Arizona Cardinals, intriguing, right? They have a whole new coaching staff in there, all coordinators, head coach, everybody. Kyler Murray is going to miss the first half of the season. Minimum is what they're saying. Are you convinced that Kyler's the guy? Because if not, you have an opportunity right now to draft the guy that you're going to talk to the following year and the year after that and the year after that, and you can haul off that that atrocious contract that they signed with Kyler Murray. I still don't think Kyler Murray is worth all that money, but then again, you're talking to a guy that said Dak was worth every penny, So like, and now you know, years down the line, nothing's really kind of come of that. But Kyler Murray, to me, is a – it's a wild card. It's a wild card right now, and I think – I think that Kyler Murray falls in that category where it's going to be a I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I don't know I, how long are you going to play that card, the I don't know yet card before you figure out that either A is a star or B is a bust. So the Cardinals are in play, I think. It could be a way big home run swing to take a quarterback there, but they've done it before. They had Josh Rosen. They had Josh Rosen. Not, nobody liked Josh Rosen for whatever reason. And I mean, justifiably so, the guy couldn't land anywhere else um, outside of a backup role. But they went and drafted Kyler Murray, and they had Josh Rosen like two years before that. And that was the entire a coaching change and everything, like a whole culture change there. That was the time. So they did that. Um, the Colts are the most intriguing one at four. I don't know the draft compensation it's going to take to get up to the one. I have no idea. Like it's either it's obviously going to be the swap of the ones, plus either an additional one or two additional twos or just a, just a drastic haul. Are the Colts willing to part with the haul, knowing they have a lot of holes? They got to get their quarterback first. Now, if they covet one guy over another, that's another reason to make the move. And speaking of one guy or another, C.J. Stroud uh, will throw at the combine, and Bryce Young will not. He will do his pro day at Alabama. Will not be throwing in Indy. Speaking of Indy, you know, like you're going to be throwing on the field that you could potentially be playing on. I think the Colts are a big, big player in this. Um, I think if they have one, like if they have a preference of one guy over the other, this is the this is the time. And I think this is the time they make their move. Right behind them, Seattle sitting there at five. And I understand they're going to probably sign Geno Smith to like a three or four year deal. But if you want a situation where you have the next guy in waiting. Here's your chance to jump. Uh, Detroit is sitting there at six. Now, I know a lot of people said that Jared, they were a Jared Goff away or to, to even perform, and they were. They had a great year last year. I think there was a success. I think they're going to be good going forward. I think it's going to be fun. They have to stack up on defense. So I would not be surprised if the Lions trade out of their pick of six just to try to get a haul of picks, just to try to – Smarten up that defense. They, you know, they lost a couple key components already. You got to keep these guys in house because if you're trying to build under Dan Campbell, he's going to want to do it through the draft. Uh, Vegas, who has been linked to obviously Aaron Rodgers, who again, I think the Aaron Rodgers thing happens this week uh, with their decision to stay in Green Bay, decision to go to the Jets, decision to just not play football together. I think it happens. Might actually happen tomorrow on the Pat McAfee show if he returns uh, from the darkness. I know he's out of his thing, which I seen a picture of where he stayed. Um, I. I think I could do it. Did you see a picture of it? Yeah. It's like a, it's it's like a shed, but like it's like a, it's like a it's like a studio apartment with like a really nice bed. It's like it's it's luxurious. He's not sitting there like he's Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie where he's like stranded with the bear. You know what I mean? Like he's he, it looks comfy, right? But to not talk to anybody for a couple of days, to to be in the darkness, to sit there on their probably like candlelit thing. Whatever you're into, Aaron, just make your damn decision this week so we can move on with our lives and figure out what the hell's going on with you. Uh, but Vegas has been linked and uh, to the Aaron Rodgers saga. But if not, they might want to take a quarterback. At eight, you would think that you know Atlanta's been rumored to be messing around with the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, which, again, is a sweepstakes at this point. Because if you're that far away and that far apart with money, 
who knows what they're going to do right now? Because I, I personally don't see the Baltimore Ravens paying him what he actually wants. There will be no guaranteed contract for a guy that plays the style of Lamar Jackson. You can't do that as a franchise. I'm sorry. What they did with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland might be the worst contract ever given out in the NFL history outside of Kyler Murray. It just seems like they have a lot of money right now. All these franchises are just stockpiling their money and just shoving it up the quarterback. And it just, I don't understand you can't do that right now, and I understand the market dictates it, but you cannot guarantee somebody who plays like Lamar Jackson plays, who has ended his last two seasons in injury. Can't do it. Um, but Atlanta's been linked to possibly be involved in that, so I don't know. If Atlanta doesn't do that, do they draft a quarterback? And the last team that's relevant in the top 10 quarterback search would be Carolina sitting there at 9, and I know for a fact you can't expect them to go full speed ahead with Sam Darnold or anybody that they bring in over there. Like, it's just, I don't think that's the thing. I think that new coaching staff, speaking of that new coaching staff, one of the guys is Deuce Staley. Uh, he comes over from Detroit as the running uh, running backs coach over the weekend or right on Friday. He went and told Frank Reich that the biggest priority right now that the Carolina Panthers have to do in the running back room is to retain Dante Foreman. So, that's a big thing for his stock, too, because, look, nobody – these running backs are a dime a dozen. Nobody really knows exactly who's going to have what role. But if you have a, a, a new running backs coach that looks at his depth chart and you're like, here, here's your team, figure it out, right? He gets that roster, and he's like, Foreman needs to be here next year for us to, to move forward in the running back room. Now, he's leaving Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Um, does he have a better running back room in Carolina? He's got Hubbard. He's got – or Hubert or whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, it would have been so much better if it was Chubba Hubbard, by the way. Um, he's got a decent running back room over there. What they do in the draft is, is another story, but he's got himself a nice situation. I like Deuce Daly, and I and I like I like that acquisition of um, of Detroit bringing him over there because of the success that Detroit had on the ground last year. And I'm not, you know, Jamal Williams scored like 54 touchdowns from inside the three, so they know how to run the football over there, in Detroit. Um, so that's the combine stuff. Interested to see that. Other news in the NFL, Matt Nagy, Nagy was brought back, who's, by the way, is from my town. Um, he was brought back to Kansas City to be the offensive coordinator. Now, if you remember, he had a heavy influence on the Chiefs picking Patrick Mahomes, and there's a whole story written about it. Um, so clearly he's back in, in, in the saddle over there. How much influence he has? Is it going to be all Andy Reid going forward? Are we going to finally find out what Eric Bieniemy's got going on uh, as far as like, hey, can you do this without a Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback? We're about to find out, you know? So, a little swigsky there. It's only me right now, so I can't even, like, segue over to Chris while I just chug my water. Um, but, yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens in Kansas City, uh, how many guys they retain, what they do in the draft. Is, is Nagy going to have any kind of influence on the guys they take in the draft? Um there's a little drama in Seattle. I mean, it's not really in Seattle anymore, but there was a story that broke over the weekend, maybe like Thursday, Friday into Saturday, uh, that's been kind of nixed by Russell Wilson, but apparently he was trying to get Pete Carroll fired. And clearly, uh, Pete Carroll won that fight as they shipped off Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for a haul of picks. Now, look, from what I heard, there's rumblings now that Russell Wilson's just not in football shape right now. All of a sudden, this trade is looking genius over there in Seattle because Russ has cooked. 
way too much food. <laughs> it's because he's just not in a good way right now. Apparently, he needs to drop 10 pounds to be in football shape. There's a lot of rumors going around about Russ right now. He needs to clear the air. He needs to come out of like OTAs or mini camps and just look like just shredded. Because if not, they're going to be like, oh, wow, those articles have some kind of merit. He looks like crap. So it's, it's very interesting to see that one. Um, Cynthia Freeland put out another bomb article. Um, and I don't call it a bomb article, like just like a bomb, like drop the bomb, not like it's the bomb. I don't like that. Did you ever say that ever? No. Right. I mean, it's, that's, you're too young for that. There, there was a time where people actually said like, that's the bomb. And it's just like, what? But anyway, <laughs> so Cynthia Freeland drops a couple bombs about guys that the AFC should trade friend or, or I'm sorry, restructure or release two names that come screaming at me. Ryan Tannehill, a possible draft cap casualty, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, draft uh, salary cap casualty in Ryan Tannehill. He carries a $36.6 million cap hit for the Tennessee Titans going into this year. Is it Malik Willis time? I don't even think that offense was built for Malik Willis. We saw what Willis went in there. They went out and they signed a quarterback off the street to play the last couple games. There was no belief in Malik Willis. So what the Titans do at quarterback is beyond me, but to release you know, last week they got rid of Robert Woods, Got told Taylor Luan, he's, thanks for everything, but you're out too. It would not surprise me if Cynthia nails this one. I think that Tannehill has, has been a nice story in the NFL. Obviously, things didn't work out at Miami. He gets a new shot at life over there in Tennessee. He plays well. He gets paid. And now the time is kind of up because the Titans can't get over the hump because they can't just keep relying on a guy like Derrick Henry to just carry the load the entire time because that's not sustainable in the NFL. Not this NFL where you're talking about guys like Zeke who are, just don't have legs anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like, how long could this go? So Tannehill, if he's out, then that creates a lot of space, including the space that they opened up with, I think, $27 million. So if they cut him, you're looking at close to $40 million in space just to cut three guys. So I think the Titans might actually do that. Another one that kind of is alarming is the other guy on your screen right now. That's Joe Mixon. Now, the Bengals are in the prime run of their franchise right now. They've, they've competed every year. They were in a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Joe Cool, Joe Burrow is looking just like everything is advertised, right? He's going to be the guy going forward. Now, if you look at Joe Mixon's cap number in 2023, it is 12.8. Now, the top running backs are making 16, you know, $15 million. If you look at Joe Mixon's cap number, it's not as bad. But when you have all these contracts coming up, this is the biggest part of this whole thing. T. Higgins has been rumored to be traded off before his new deal, right? Then you have to worry about Joe Burrow, who's probably going to reset the entire quarterback or NFL market with whatever deal he signs, and he's going to be the face of the Bengals for the rest of his life, right? Then guess what? <laughs> Jamar Chase the following year. So you you have to make these room this room now because if you don't, if you don't make this room now, you are going to find yourself losing some of these stars. And Joe Mixon might have run his final run in Cincinnati. I think, look, even when Joe Mixon was banged up and they're running with, like, Samaje Pirine and, like, a couple of these role players that have filled the role, everybody will tell you, and I don't agree with this. I'm not, I'm not on board with this movement, but, like, the whole running backs don't matter movement, and I've seen it happen, uh, you know, obviously, people within my circle with the Dallas Cowboys and, and having the Zeke conversation with Tony Pollard conversation, some people are saying, let them both go, right? And I'm looking at Joe Mixon, and I'm like, 
damn, if the Cowboys are willing to let both of these guys go, then Joe Mixon is out too, All right? So we'll see what happens with Joe Mixon. I'm very interested to see what that does um, for, for the Bengals going forward because right now, like I said, good defense, young team, great young coach, phenomenal superstar quarterback, two amazing talents on the outsides. This is the move you're probably going to have to make, and they've already said both starting safeties, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, are out. Right, they're going to hit the market free agency. Could they bring them back on the cheap or on their team friendly deal? Sure, but those are two names to keep your eyes on as well to bolster defenses. I, for one, think Jesse Bates is one of the better players in football, and I think that he, you know, would fit wonderfully in Dallas. Um, so here's an interesting little nugget here. So the Mojo Market has been adding players since its inception, but if you go on the Mojo Market right now and you type in the word and the name Kyle Trask, you won't find him. Right, because that was how irrelevant he was. All right, they're going to add him obviously for this season, but Bruce Arians, who has still continued to be a, I guess, a correspondent or a or a consultant with the Bucks, say that the Bucks are in good hands with Trask. Now, I don't know how much there is some, you know, kind of smoke, there's fire type deal right there, but you know, I can't buy that right away. But we also said, could Brock Purdy win a football game? Probably not, right? And the guy goes all the way to the NFC title game before he gets knocked out. But, like, could Trask be the guy? Could the Bucs not have to worry about signing a car or signing a, a – or even maybe approaching a Tannehill or making a move in the draft? Do they have their guy on the roster already? That's that's something that we want to definitely address as the combine gets closer. And, what you know, you start hearing some leaks about rosters and what people want to do and what people are saying and, like, all the owners are there so trades could happen. It's There's a lot to be digested over the course of the next week. Uh, just some dates to realize. The franchise tag window, uh, the 28th is tomorrow, so that's the last day of the year. The first is on Wednesday, so six days from next Tuesday would be your franchise tag deadline for all these teams to work out some franchise tag deals. We're talking Daniel Jones. We're talking Lamar Jackson. We're talking maybe Saquon Barkley, so they got to choose one there. We're talking Tony Pollard of the Cowboys. We're talking a lot of these teams that may want to use it. You don't have to use it. You're not required to use it. It's like a space saver for the next time you want to renegotiate so you don't lose the player. And if somebody wants to come get the player in some way, shape, or form, it costs them two first-round picks. So there's a lot to be digested there between now and March 7th. And, of course, the new league year starts March 15th. Tampering starts on March 13th. So within the next two weeks, guys, before <laughs> unbelievable, we'll be talking heavy NFL again because there's going to be so many names on the move, new places, new faces, all that stuff. So it's going to be fun. Um, Yeah, that's all I got. Actually, the Rodgers thing. Uh, has to happen this week. I think it, I think it will. That'll set the tone for the rest of the quarterback market. It'll set the tone for where Derek Carr wants to go. It'll set the tone for maybe a Jimmy G. That's the one domino that needs to fall that everybody else needs to follow suit. Um, the Jags made a move with one of their own, Jermichael Hasty, um, resigned, uh, got a little bit of a new extension on his deal, and it's, it's it's very significant because look, if you look at that Jags team, they're very very young. They have a nice little core nucleus of their offense, and they want to include Jermichael Hasty in this nucleus behind Travis Etienne. That's going to be a nice, formidable one-two punch. Dare I say, top five one-two punch in the league next year. Just overnight, seven percent jump in Hasty stock over on Mojo. So that's somebody you might want to keep your eye on. Look, Travis Etienne, he has a, a history of injuries, right? And we've had to see, you know, guys like a Hasty just kind of fill that role. So whether or not he does or not. That remains to be seen, but Jaguars are keeping their own. So, in any event, do me a favor right now. 
actually in about two minutes because after the show you could do this. You could follow us on social media. Do me that favor. You could do it on the old TikTok, the Twitter, and of course Instagram at Mojo M O J O is the way to do it. Join the Discord right now. Daily conversations happening about your NBA stocks, your NFL stocks. Soon enough, the MLB will be dropping here on Mojo. And let me tell you something. I'm excited about. Uh, mojo in MLB because that's again it's an every night thing what you'll notice about the NBA is that the the percentages aren't going to go too too much you have to get into these liquid props to make some money on the daily um, so I'm assuming that's going to be the way to do it for the NFL and uh, the MLB once it comes around um, one thing I will say is this pitch clock thing is unreal have you seen any of these infractions this is brutal dude this is brutal and look I'm not going to shake my fist at the uh, the clouds for raining, right? I'm not that old school, but I will say if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? Like I understand they're trying to cater to the younger crowd and they're trying to get the people to watch the game. There was one video I retweeted yesterday, which was hilarious. It was Jose Altuve was able to run seven inside the park home runs before there was a pitch thrown in the 2016 world series. So like there was a guy at bat, it was, you know, the pitcher sets in, he's, He's set, right, and he's looking, right, and then he might look off or he might reset or he might step out. There's a lot of things that can go down in and at bat, but, you know, seven inside the park home runs for that little guy running around. <laughs> so it was, first of all, it was a funny video. Second of all, now I get it, why they might want to implement it. But nobody's talking about the fact that, like, these guys might get gassed a little faster. You know, these starting pitchers who usually average five and a third might go four and two-thirds going forward because of the fact that they're just hauling ass trying to get a pitch out before the buzzer runs out. And then, obviously, it affects the batter as well. I mean, the biggest one was Manny Machado, who, by the way, is about to cash in on a new deal, too. But he said he got called for being out, out of the box for too long, and that's a strike call. So he told the reporter, he was like, look, you know, I I've done the same thing. For my entire career, a certain mannerism, a certain little like pre-bat ritual or in-between pitch ritual. I remember David Wright used to be crazy with this with the Mets. He would go out, redo his batting gloves, adjust his hat, tug on his shirt. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that David Wright would do before he gets back in the box. Now you can't do that. And Machado just straight up said, look, I think I'm going to be down 0-1 a lot <laughs> this season because of the fact that this is if this is a violation to start, then I'm not, I don't comply. So we'll see how this all plays out. We'll talk about it with Chris tomorrow on the Mojo Market Report. I appreciate you guys checking in, tapping in. Like that video. Do us that favor. Follow us on all the social medias, like I said before. For Dave Sturchow, A5, Anthony behind the glass, this has been an episode of the Mojo Market Report. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Pentos.